We're going to dive in today to verses 18 through 22. Okay, so if you're open, or get your Bibles open, please, chapter 8. Um, again, eight, verses 18 through 22 on the top of your paper there. I'm going to back up a little bit and to um, verse 15 and then read through 22. Uh, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God and if children heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation awaits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. All right, more interesting stuff here. And... Um, these verses, and 18 is, is very sufficient in itself um, to spend uh, quite a bit of time on that. And then the next three verses um, are, are important to talk about and understand as well. But let's jump into 18 right away, where Paul says, uh, For I consider that the sufferings um, in this, Paul is using that word consider to explain and express uh, an exact calculation as in weighing um, pros and cons on a scale and to look at uh, the the options that there are and the suffering for Christ versus not and and things in between there Um, but it denotes the exact calculation that he is considering um, these sufferings of the present time not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And remember, Paul's, look at the big picture. He's writing this letter to the church again. I know I say it every time. He hasn't been there. He hasn't met these folks. But he's heard about them. The whole world's talking about the church in Rome and these believers. And they have to have some sort of foundation that they've started with and teaching that someone has shared with them and their faith is being shared. But Paul here is again uh, wanting to set this foundation as uh, biblically and, and godly as he can so that they have all the information that he has. And um, in this verse, in 18, he's, he's explaining some the verse prior to that where he was saying, if, if we are children, if we are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him uh, so that we may be glorified with him. So the suffering with him um, is, is important. So Christ suffered 
for us greatly, more than we could ever end up suffering ourselves and paying for anything um, that we have uh, placed upon our own lives. His suffering was, was the suffering for the whole world. And if he is our, we are fellow heirs with him, but he is our king and he is our Lord and he is um, the Lord of our lives and the savior of our souls. And we all know without everything that he did, uh, and proclaimed and followed through with, we wouldn't be in the stance that we're in. We wouldn't be heirs with him. Um, but if he is able to suffer and he is willing to suffer, um, wouldn't it make sense that those who follow him would be um, in that same boat, willing and uh, able to suffer for him, for his name? Uh, so again, Paul's starting to explain verse 17 into verse 18 now that those sufferings, they're not even worthy to be compared. That you don't want to take those and say, is it going to be worth it? Because um, one, a believer's not going not to do that. The believer's going to follow Christ and his example and his words. And um, we're going to continue serving him in the way that God has set for us uh, with, without the worry of um, what that suffering will end up doing to us. And why? Because as believers, we're not afraid of that death. We're not slaves to death anymore. We don't have that fear that we once had, that a natural man does have and should have. That fear is a, a good thing to have. Fear of death is something that leads a lot of people to Christ. So that is so important. Um, suffering does many things. If I can have someone turn to 1 Peter 5. Let's look at that together. 1 Peter 5. Verses 9 and 10. Okay. Please read. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood. Great. So, and uh, and suffering, Peter here is talking about suffering, sufferings that are similar to what other Christians are going to, um, and he also says it's just for a little time. And we can, we can see through many other verses that our, our life is short and it's a breath and it's in and out as quick as, as, quick as a breath in, in God's sight. And the sufferings that we face are so minor compared to what Christ went through. And um, if you consider what we receive after that as believers, there's, there's just no comparison. It is so, <laughs> so much better in so many aspects. We can't explain it fully because we don't, we don't understand what heaven's going to be like um, from a, an experience um, perspective, from a day-to-day -day perspective and, and lots of perspectives. We have some hints, but we don't, we don't know what that's like except that it's going to be provided and set up for us by our God. And um, his, his love for us is just 
so enormous. Um, suffering, like I said, remind, uh, does many things for us. Um, it reminds us of our weakness. When we are going through suffering ourselves, that could be something minor, as in uh, temptation, um, just, just general suffering, um, temptation in food, like if you were trying to not eat sweets, um, we can feel the weakness in our flesh through something as minor as that. Um, and then for, for those who are suffering through major, major medical issues, um, several people that you probably know in, in our lives right now that are suffering through that um, also. That reminds us of the weakness of our flesh. Um, suffering brings everyone to humility. Again, whether that's worldly suffering or for Christ, it, um, it brings us to a point of, of humility, of humbleness, knowing that there's not a whole lot we can do about it in pretty much every aspect. Um, that God is the one in control, that, that God is the one overseeing that. And there's always a reason um, for suffering in anyone's life. It does make our need, as believers, it makes our need for God stronger. Um, if we don't have any other hope to get through something, especially something serious, whether that be medical or, or spiritual, it drives our hope to Christ as believers. Where we might be fighting a battle in our hearts, thinking that we can overcome this, we can figure this problem out, we can just pray more through the problem that we're facing. Um, but until we give it up and give it to God, if we give it to Christ and fall down, you know, uh, figuratively on our knees and just say, there's nothing I can do. I'm sorry. Please, please help. I need you in my life. Um, suffering can lead us to that. It can lead us to that point of um, lamenting, right? Where we're crying out from our soul and with our voice to God um, out loud and in desperation of whatever it is that we need. Suffering can drive us to that. Again, whether it's medical or something in your family and definitely in the, our spiritual walk with God where whatever might be hindering us or stopping us from that relationship with Him, um, that suffering can, can bring us to that persecution in the world, which we don't face a whole lot of right now, but it could come, and it could come quickly. And that will um, really extremely heighten our, our uh, basically, admittance of needing God so much more, right? We know the countries where Christians are persecuted so heavily that they rely on, rely on God for every conversation that they are able to have because their government's going to come down and crack down on them if they find out that they're having it. And we don't have that problem so much here. Not yet. Hopefully we don't. But if we do, it really will strengthen us in that, in that suffering. If you think through what that would cause us to do, we would have to be stronger together and stronger in Christ and have uh, our faith would have to grow. So suffering can, can guide us in that way. Um, it also keeps us from thinking we've achieved perfection. So the prosperity gospel is something that we've talked about a little bit just at this church in general that, you know, it's, it's something that 
uh, we don't agree with. It's not truth. It's not what's in the Scripture that once you become a believer, you're going to get health and wealth and prosperity and you're going to live a better life and you won't get sick anymore. Well, if you think about that, there's so many things wrong with it. But for this, this um, subject that we're talking about, if that were true with Christians, where would, I, where would our need for God be? Where would our hope in Him be? It'd be worse than it was before we were Christians. Not knowing Him and not needing Him. First Peter, there you go, right? He would, he would disagree. Um, but if we, if we were given that in this earthly body now, we know what this flesh does. We know how it drives us and it wants us to look at it as our own God, right? We want to worship our flesh. That's what we were doing before we came to Christ. And if um, we were given all the health and wealth and prosperity in the world, once we became believers, we're going to start thinking we did that. And we're going to have no need for our true Lord and Savior. We're going to be our own God, and that's not where... That's not where God ever wants us to go. Yes? I've heard several pastors preach over the years that it is, you know, we would think having an abundance of wealth would make it much easier to live. Um, live the Christian life, live life in general, um, having health in general. And they say those that are believers and very wealthy, uh, it is a much, much more difficult life than you would expect because they constantly have to live in a reminding state of this is from God. How do you do it? So sometimes it's easier to live um, knowing that we have to have God. Um, because I need, I need this next job or I need this next whatever mm-hmm. to pay the bills and constantly aligned with Him to where if you're a billionaire you can just Yep, absolutely. Very good. The suffering gives us a testimony of our faith when the world sees us suffer. Um, whether, again, it's medical or um, physical or with family. Yet we um, stand firm in our faith and are joyful to the point of able to praise our Lord and our God and have hope. You know, we don't have to be the happy-go-lucky person living in this world and just high-fiving everyone when we walk down the street or go into a place of business because we're just that happy. But to have that joy and that hope and the longing for um, the eternal being that we're going to have with Christ, having that is what gives us a testimony. And in suffering, we can have that testimony strengthened through ourselves. And it can be seen by others in a way that makes them wonder why why are you different? Why are you so hopeful? Why are you okay with this? Um, what do you see is good going to come out of that? And it could definitely provide conversations that would further the gospel and further God's kingdom. Um, so that's another thing that suffering brings to us. It allows us to relate to others. This is a big one. Uh, if we never suffered as Christians 
And we meet, you know, the guy at the grocery store that just went through two rounds of chemo and he's just hanging on the last leg and he's having to pick up his own groceries because his wife's already gone and his kids are gone. Um, and there's nothing we can do to relate to him because we're, you know, we're perfect health and we have everything we need and he's suffering. Um, we're not gonna be able to relate to that person, but it's, it's so much easier when you're sitting in the seat with them, when you're wearing the shoes that they are wearing and you've gone through that or you have someone who's gone through that uh, or you've dealt with it already and, and overcome it. And the, again, the testimony that that will give you um, is very strong and can allow you uh, to further God's gospel and the kingdom through that as well. Um, and then just giving us the longing for eternal hope, knowing, reading through his word and submitting to it, believing it, that that new heaven and new earth, it will come. It is there. It is in this um, realm that God has created. It, it's going to happen, and we don't know when, and we don't know how, uh, but he's promised it, and we will be there in it, and it could be tomorrow, and it could be another thousand years from now, um, but we will be a part of that, and in that, there is perfection, right? In that, there is the hope that uh, there won't be suffering and disease and sickness and things of those nature. So we can have so much, so much hope. Um, so considering what God has for us as believers and the hope and knowing that there will be suffering in this life and we're going to face it, we're going to face it together as a body. We're supposed to be here for one another and um, just share our testimony with the world through it that that suffering isn't, uh, it's, it's not worth what, comparing what we're going to receive as heirs of God. As Mark talked about last week, you know, if we're, if we're the, the lowly, um, you know, not even shepherds, I mean, we're, we're people that are, are so far down in the muck, you know, cleaning up our own messes, and God's going to put us into the stance and elevate us to that um, glorification of heirs with Christ. Um, it's taking that, that, that child without, basically without parents, right? Adopted into the, his family and brought him up to, to be the heir of, of his kingdom. So it's such a, a difference in what our stance was and where we were to where we will eventually be, but knowing and having the hope that we are that we are there now, all we got to do now is just live this life in love of Christ and for for His glory. Um, Christ, Jesus, His His life was a perfect example of suffering for righteousness. Um, no one could have perfected it any better, and no one ever will. Um, it's just something that had to happen. It wasn't. There wasn't any other option. And God the Father and Jesus both knew that. And that's why it went through the way it did. Hebrews 2.10 reads, um, for, if the war, for if the word spoken through angels provided... Um, well, that is not the right verse. 2.10, there we go. I'm on the wrong one. For if it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the author of their salvation through suffering. 
That's Hebrews 10. Hebrews 2.10. 2.10. Yeah. Do you have a handout? It's not on there, but you can write it down. He is the author of our lives. He's the author of our salvation. And um, it's everything that he has accomplished has been through his suffering, right? Uh, he, his death on the cross was um, what the whole world had. They needed it. We all needed it. Everyone needed it. And without that, there is no hope. And without that, there is no um, reunion uh, or any kind of fellowship at all with God. And, and so his suffering was was more than we could ever imagine it would have felt like and, and been like ourselves. And it was perfect. And everything that he went through, he did so perfectly that um, he, he paid it all for us. And now our lives in the suffering that we face are nothing compared to the suffering that, that he faced and went through. Um, Jesus' obedience to the Father, it was, it was crucial. Again, um, without him obeying what was to be done, uh, none of us would be in the stance, in the seats that we are in spiritually and have the faith that we have. It would be a different story. We'd be talking about um, something else right now and we probably wouldn't be here together. I'm turning over to Luke 24 right now and I'm going to read um, verse 25 and 26 where uh, Jesus is speaking. This is on the road to Emmaus. This is where uh, two of Jesus' followers uh, witnessed a good portion of his life were walking together and he caught up with them, but they didn't notice, they didn't notice it was Jesus. They didn't realize it was him, um, but he was walking with them and they were talking, and talking about what had happened to Jesus. And as they were speculating, um, his response to them said, Oh, foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the apostles have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Question mark. So as Jesus is walking and talking with these men that had been there and seen a good portion of his life, they knew what happened to him on the cross and he shows up as a stranger walking with them, and they didn't know it is him at this moment. He revealed himself later, but he, he calls them foolish for not believing what was written before um, and what was explained by the prophets. Uh, and he asked them, was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things? You know, everyone was surprised that that happened to Jesus. They, again, wanted him to reign and, and rule and fix everything that was wrong um, with the world and with the Jewish nation, um, but not die and definitely not suffer what he suffered. They weren't really thinking that was going to happen to the extent that it did. The scriptures were there, but they didn't believe it, right? They didn't want to. They didn't think, well, how, how could he do this if he dies? Um, and he just calls them out. And again, they don't know it's Jesus yet, but I love the words that he said here, and I love that we have it written down, so we have it. 
And the question, was it, it necessary? It was. It had to happen. Sin must be punished. And your sin had to be punished. And their sin had to be punished. And the world's sin had to be punished by the wrath of God itself. And that is exactly what happened. Luke 24, verses 25 and 26. There are those who will suffer in vain. Um, and it's because they're without a relationship with Christ. And um, the suffering is not going to get them anywhere. There's no hope. It is, uh, it is so sad. And we, we've been there before ourselves, before you're, you have been saved. Um, and there's plenty in the world that are there now, that are suffering things now, that have no hope. Their only hope is to hang on to this life. And if this life ends, they fear for what's next, and they should. Yes, Steve. Yeah, with sufferings, uh, I always had a tendency to want to complain, moan, and groan, gripe, you know. And after I do that, after I, I go through the whole mantra of complaining, then I ask myself, did anything change? Nope, didn't change. Why not just have hope in God? And God wants to fight our battles, and I'll let him. Hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't do me any good to, to complain and moan and groan and fight my battles that way because it doesn't change anything so I'd rather rely on, on God Almighty to uh, be with me hmm. yep. so um, the author of Ecclesiastes um, is one who wrote his letter, his book, in a way that expresses what the point of this this world is with God and, well, without God is where he started, and with God is where he ended. Um, but two verses that he gave to us in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, he writes, so I congratulated the dead who are already dead more than the living who are still living but better off than both of them is the one who has never existed who has never seen the evil activity that is done under the sun and he's writing this considering that those who are dead now aren't suffering the sufferings of this world any longer. So they're better off than the ones who are living because they have more suffering to do. But even better than that is anyone who's never been born because they don't have any suffering to go through at all. And all of this is in the perspective of um, no God in the person's life and in their mind and in their heart. Um, this is the person who is living for himself, by himself, on his own to serve himself as his flesh so desires. So from that standpoint, this author is saying, if that's all you're going to do, it's better to not have lived at all because of the sufferings that people go through in this world. 
So he saw that. He admits it. Um, and he, he knows that without God, there's no hope. There is zero hope. And it'd be better off not to come to this earth and participate if you had that choice. Obviously, we don't. Um, so yeah, I'm going to flip back now to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 4. And that reads, Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? And in that verse, Paul is addressing the church of Galatia um, in regards to the ways that they have been living life after their so-called salvation. And he's, he's hitting them hard on what they have done as a church and who they have decided to follow and what teachings they are going after. Um, and they were definitely um, going in the direction of a works-based faith and salvation. And um, Paul's addressing that. In this one verse here, he's, he's asking them, are, did they suffer so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? And if it's, if it's suffering in it in vain, that means, he's saying, you may never have been uh, a recipient of salvation. That might not have happened in you if this is the life you are living and this is how you believe you will um, get to heaven and, and get salvation is through works, then the suffering that you have gone through has been in vain. So he was addressing those that may not be believers, um, but they were participating in uh, the, the things going on within that church. And um, Paul was addressing that there with them. Any questions or comments up to now? I'm moving pretty slow, so I'm going to have to speed it up here. we got a little bit of a late start. All right, come on. And Hebrews 13, 15, it says, uh, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Not just when things are going to. Mm -hmm. yeah. That the fruit of our lips, that the fruit of our lips, that is the fruit of our lips, uh, thank, thanking his name. So it's that's like the gold standard right here. We just keep praising God and keep thanking God continually, always. Yeah, continually, always. That's a great place to, to be in um, our daily lives and never to forget it. Okay, so not worthy compared with the glory. Christians have hope, not only that suffering will end, but also that it will add to their eternal glory. Um, that the sufferings that they experience specifically in Christ's name and for him and for the kingdom are things that um, could lead to uh, the rewards in heaven, the crowns that we may receive for uh, some of the things that uh, God has set us to do and glorify his name that aren't selfish and sinful, but that um, are there to worship him and to do the work that, that he wants us to do. So some of that suffering and that aspect can be there from that too. And that could be something physically that you're going through um, that let's, let's say cancer again, and you suffer through that, but you have the opportunity to share the gospel with those 
uh, in the room that are getting chemo the same time you're getting, that can be uh, something that adds to their eternal glory. So as followers of Christ, on your sheet here, i got some blanks for you to fill out. Our suffering comes from men, whereas our glory comes from God. That suffering can be oppression. That suffering can be countries where um, they don't have a free state to worship as they wish and do as they wish. Um, and again, we're not in that seat right now, but we could be, and we need to be prepared for that and still be able to um, thank God and His eternal glory for that and for the opportunity that would come through the suffering that we would face in that aspect. Okay, the next line, our suffering is earthly, whereas our glory is heavenly. The rewards that are promised in His Word aren't going to be something we receive on this earth. If you receive it on this earth, if you get praise for what you have done on earth, that is what you will receive. Right? If uh, Mark and I are up here um, teaching, or if he's preaching and any of that, and, and you know the church gets up afterwards and they just, yeah, good job. You know, if we got that here, that that's the reward that we receive. It won't be rewarded in heaven for something um, that we've been rewarded for on earth. And we don't do it for the reward here because it's also not worthy to be compared to what we will receive um, in heaven. Our, the third line, our suffering is short, whereas our glory is forever. Again, the life, our life, anyone's life, is just but a breath. In God's view, it's a simple breath in and breath out, and it's on to the next generation again and again and again. Um, and it might seem forever that we're stuck in some sort of situation where we're suffering, but uh, we've got to look at it eternally as Christ looks at it. And we have to look beyond what this is right here in this moment. And it might be 40 years of suffering. It might be 40 years alone. It might be 40 years with um, a disease or pain. Um, and that seems like a lifetime to us. And it is from our current perspective. But eternity is, is forever. And we have to keep that in mind. And we have to uh, look at that in, in hope and awe and excitement that that's where we are going. And this will be so quick and so short. If, if you've had children, and I have my young ones now, but those who have already grown up, and it's, it was but a breath to you, right? Like, you think back to when they were born and where you are now, and it's, it's just, it's gone. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have something again? I look at Joseph, who was sold into Egypt, and the suffering he went through. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it turned out really good, and God was using the suffering to bring about greater causes. Yeah. And we don't know where, where we are at in that stage of suffering. Yeah. Where is our suffering leading us? Yeah. And and I've I've learned that lesson. Uh, incredibly profound lesson hmm. and all of a sudden I it's just like wow all that stuff that was happening was for for the good of me mm -hmm. yeah and I didn't even bother to praise God or thank him for it yep and you're still alive now so now you can right that's right absolutely 